the bedpost podcast i of course am your host aaron pym and what i like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality today i'm super excited to talk to this lovely human uh without further ado everybody please welcome to the mic jave de bay the millennial sex bird hi jave hello <laughs> how are you on this fine day I am doing pretty good, you know? <laughs> you're millennialing, you're sexperting. I am doing all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was like doing a deep dive today on you and it was so fun. You're like, you have, you have so much that you do that I really appreciate. And it's just so fun and um, educational, of course. So, um, for people who, you know, this may be the first time they're hearing about you and haven't just done a deep dive on you, <laughs> do you want to let our listeners know just kind of what you do and yeah. uh, what that looks like? Yeah. Um, so I am a sex educator, um, a pleasure professional, as I like to say, and mm-hmm. a content creator. So my work focuses on accessible, inclusive, comprehensive sex education for all. Um, And I truly mean for all. I work with college students and I do like college workshops and guest lecture for courses. I work with actual like adults um, one-on-one, but also like teaching workshops and things of that nature um, with like sex shops and stuff. Um, And then I also just like have like the Millennial Sexpert, which is like my platform where I offer like free sex education. So I have like a YouTube channel where there's like long form videos. I post on Instagram and TikTok. I write blogs. Like I want people to be able to get sex ed in whatever way they like to consume it. Um, So that's what I do. Man, yes, you're man, you're everywhere, honestly, doing it all. That's it's so important, right? Because um yeah. inclusive, comprehensive sex ed, pleasure-based sex ed just does not fucking exist, right? Like no. it's not around. So it's people like you and I that are putting in the hours <laughs> truly <laughs> doing the work because like that's not a thing that for instance, you get in school, you know? Right. <laughs> so really cool um, to hear that you're like on college campuses um, specifically uh, because those that's the age that it's real fucking important. Can you tell right. me a little bit about what types of topics you'll bring to like college aged folks? Um, so a lot of it is like your general like um, like. I hate to say preventative, but preventative sex ed. So, like, actually talking about, like, STIs because sure. college campuses, besides, like, retirement homes, college campuses are really rampant with STIs because no one talks about them. So, yeah, talking yeah. about STIs, but also, like, communication-based sex ed. So, really having conversations around, like, how do you talk to people? Because 
I know for me, like, especially in undergrad, I was actually in an abusive relationship and I was like, I don't know how to have conversations around this. Um, and it almost broke up like my best me and my best friend like trying to talk about it so like how to actually communicate around all the things around sex and relationships that no one tells you no one prepares you like how do you bring up like hey yeah i want to sleep with you after this random frat party i met you at but like i want to talk about stis after you know like freaking being smitten off ice by my roommate like how do you have these conversations (laughs) in these real settings because i'm like we talk about it as if like I'm sorry, telling people like, yeah, you should talk about STIs and then being like, I don't know how you should bring it up to someone that you literally just met, like walking across the quad and you were like, yo, you're hot. Like, let's do it. Like, let's be real. We know the scenarios and we don't talk about it. We're just like very much like, you should do these things. Okay, keep it moving. And it's like, how do I do these things? How do I actually say to someone that I just met, I don't really know their name, but I know what dorm they live in that like, I would like to have sex, which you have to use a condom. Like, I, that's what I do. I have those types of conversations. And then, um, that's so right? important because <laughs> like that, what use is the education if you don't know how to then put that education to use? Like if you don't have, know how to, uh, use those tools in a real world scenario, then it's totally useless. So like, really that's the most important part between learning sex ed and then like okay but how do I do the sex ed you know yeah yeah like you can't be prepared if no one's actually telling you like the scenarios where this would become a thing like just saying like oh yeah do this but not knowing like what that looks like especially for like when you first go to college and you did not you were not like a person engaging in sexual activity in high school you're kind of like I don't know what to expect I don't know how to prepare for this um so I like to offer that preparation that education um and then I also do a lot um a lot of other topics are around like sex education being a pillar of social justice because I personally mm-hmm. don't believe that you can be about social justice without centering sex education. Like it's the root of it, like understanding all the different aspects of what it means to be a human being um, outside of like the systems that we built outside of the capitalism, outside of like the systemic racism, like understanding like, hey, I know that like engaging with you as like a woman or a female identifying individual, um, like what this means, like in terms of like power dynamics and like all of that different stuff. So like actually recognizing that like sex egg can teach you so much about social justice um, Mm. is extremely important to me when it comes to like talking with like college students especially because I'm like that's where people's minds are opening up that's where you're like you know what I'm really open to hearing this other opinion that I hadn't thought about from my like small town that I grew up in and like my parents instilling their release in me I'm gonna actually like be willing to hear this um so I feel like that's like also a very crucial part when talking with college students is like hey we um it's not just like all fun and games like yes it is it is about pleasure i want you to enjoy the sex you're having but also understand like how things show up in the bedroom like in the case of like my i'm a black woman and so i went to a predominantly white institution and it wasn't until like my senior year when i was like wow i've been fetishized by most dudes that i have slept with in college holy crap i didn't realize like actually seeing these things and understanding them is extremely important um and college students need that yeah, yeah, definitely. And like, everybody's sex education needs to be kind of like, custom catered like that, you know, depending yeah. on where you're from, where your background is, what your personal experience is as a human being is going to be really different from the person in your college class, sitting next to you, right. And like, people yeah. are going to make assumptions based on these things. And it's like, yeah, that's a really important thing to um, 
to open up conversation into as far as like, you know, consent, I'm sure is, is the, you know, one of the huge yeah. topics that you want to hit on <laughs> around that age as well. And it's like, uh, just how you just really quickly brought up like how power dynamics can influence that and like how our personal experiences with sex and our personal experience with our bodies like can really kind of um show uh they can influence how we show up in a sexual scenario right Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i love this love this what else what other topics are you hitting on um, and then like media and sexuality. So like my mm. background before becoming a sex educator was in media. Um, I've always loved everything, TV, movies, like and that's been my life. And so when I became a sex educator, I was like, where did I learn everything? It was from TV and movies. Like I literally like to this day, I'm like, I need to unlearn this expectation because movies told me that this is how sex was supposed to go. Like, obviously my partner's not a mind reader. So I love talking about like media and sexuality, especially because like we live in such a digital age, like everybody is consuming content so much that it's like, no, it is impacting you. And I want you to be aware of how it's impacting you because especially because everything is sexually driven, it's going to show up in your sex life in some way, shape or form. And I want you to understand, like, am I actually doing this because I want to do this or am I doing this because I've been force fed this message in media that like obviously I'm supposed to show up and like this is how it's gonna play out like that's how every movie does it like I liked for people to like critically look at it and like not 24 7 like I don't watch everything critically 24 7 god that would be miserable but like (laughs) having like at least one viewing where you're like okay I'm really gonna pay attention to like what I'm consuming right now um but like after that like go ahead just watch it to watch it like please like I rewatch shows all the time and I promise you I'm not watching with a critical eye I'm just like yeah man this is so terrible and bad for me but like it's so good like but that's like the media comprehension right it's like yes like are we um yeah are we taking this in like in a really intentional way or is it educational purposes and what in whatever or or, or I mean uh, entertainment purposes in which case like who cares whatever right just like to literally whatever but it's like yeah I think that's uh, again like this curriculum that you're kind of like talking about is so perfect for you know how folks grow up nowadays it's like Mm -hmm. we have so much unintentional messaging via media surrounding sex and sexuality it's like um just uh bringing an uh, an awareness and understanding that that is happening and how it influences our sexual narratives like in our own sex lives um even when we're alone in our bedrooms like all of that right. messaging is coming into how we're how we think we're supposed to do sex even solo sex it's like mm-hmm. yeah it's wild porn comprehension is like massive oh oh yes like that is one of my like like sweet spots because like one you have like so many people that are like porn's bad like don't do it but it's like right. that's no um <laughs> two like so many people think that like oh yeah porn's an educational tool like this is how i'll have sex and it's like no 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 porn no. <laughs> is like it's for entertainment like if you want to get inspiration from it yes but like don't think that you can go out and 100 percent recreate a porn scene because you cannot first of all like the angles it will not be pleasurable sex. Like the angles are literally for the camera, not yep. for pleasure. Um, so you can't do that. Also, like um, porn is like f- leaves out all of the important things. Like, hey, 
do you want to have sex with me? (laughs) (laughs) If so, how does that look like? And what barrier should we use? Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. What lubes do you prefer for your body? Maybe also like porn shows no lube. (laughs) No, (laughs) like porn never. Like unless you were like really deep, deep, deep. Like porn never shows lube. And I'm like, please, for the love of everything gracious, everyone use lube. Just like please, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's um. Oh, what was I going to say about porn literacy? Oh, yeah. So I I read something kind of interesting um, talking about, like, you know, kids nowadays and millennials and stuff. It's like uh, people like you, Jue, um, who, um, you know, are have these sexpert platforms on media. It's like kind of for the first time, this generation um, is getting something that other generations didn't, right? We get to, um, consume media surrounding sex, sexuality, kink, relationship dynamics, all of this stuff in a non-eroticized lens because, uh, prior to social media, um, people did turn, you know, uh, to pornographic, you know, or sexual or romantic, like, types of media fictionalized media for education um Mm -hmm. because they didn't have access to it they had like what they were taught in um you know educational contexts like school and class and stuff like that um and that but they didn't have options to um consume media in a non-eroticized lens like an educational context right so this is like a really awesome thing about folks like yourself like uh doing this and you know having people like making it accessible because like for a really long time non-eroticized like uh stuff surrounding kink was not something you could get your hands on at all mm-hmm. anywhere, right? It, it yeah. would be porn. That's where you, you know, could see kink, how kink was done, how you should do kink, how, like, what it looked like, all of that stuff was um, under an eroticized kind of a lens. So I thought that was cool. I was like, yes, yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, absolutely. Also, like, I feel like education around kink is so important, especially, like, I feel like a lot of people target it to, like, adults, adults, like, people that, like, you know, pay rent and stuff and not right. college-age kids. And I'm like, let's be real. They're doing For it. all of us that are actual kinksters, like, we knew we were kinksters from, like, earlier on. Like, it wasn't like, oh, for some people it is, but, like, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I turned 32 and I was like, yeah, I'm kinky. No, a lot of us that are, like, kinky, we, like, had an inclination, like, from a very young age, but, like again like we didn't see it in an educational standpoint so i'm like we should be talking to college students about kink and bdsm because there is a portion of them that are already kinky but as we know grooming is a real thing like fake doms are very real predators within kink and bdsm is very real and if we're waiting until someone's like well into their 30s to be like hey these are things to look out for people have already been in those like unhealthy like toxic kink BDSM relationships because they're like oh well I met this person and they were like I'm a daddy I'm your dom now and we never talked about anything yeah like or in the worst case scenario like they immediately were just like oh I want something like 50 shades of gray because that's the only thing I know about kink and you're like no baby boo that is not what you want we want to avoid all things 50 shades of gray because I'm nothing Christian Grey did was good ever <laughs> at all. Um, so like we, we should be talking to college students about kink because there are some that are probably in college room, like 
in college apartments doing some kinky stuff and they're like i think this is a good idea and they're like tying people up with whatever they found and you're like you are cutting off circulation so like we should have the conversation to minimize the harm that is further perpetuated because people don't know because we don't talk to them until they're like well into adulthood yeah already doing it for for maybe a decade at that point maybe longer yeah yep like for a decade they have already been like just reaching down to choke the person without Mm -hmm. knowing how to choke a person safely it's wild it's wild how many people will just like do a thing <laughs> that's like one of the most dangerous things to do in the right? world and to just do it without literally without uh, like reading in anything about it i'm like oh my yeah they're just like i saw goodness. it in porn so i'm gonna do it with you and it's like oh, no 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 i don't want to go to the emergency room because you caused me to pass out because you were not doing this correctly like no Oof, yeah and like yeah and then like all the nuances underneath it what i what i like about like what you're what you're talking about with all these topics is like this is something that I feel like I really really missed from my sex education like um when I was young young adult um was bringing in the like relationships part of it right like that was the more important stuff that I feel like we really could have needed you know talking about dating and or yeah relationship dynamics and power dynamics and like love and like um how that kind of is woven into sex like you know I didn't need to just see all the different you know parts and what they're called like that is good too that is fabulous too but for it to end there it was like whoa like, I need to know exactly how you said, like, in real time, how to have conversations with your boyfriend about whatever, like, yes, yeah, that's the important shit. Right? Because I'm like, we the way our society world runs is we from like birth are imprinted with like all of the ways that you're supposed to be as a woman and as a man. And I'm like, if you just go off of those implications that have been put on us and it's like, oh yeah, no, men are going to come to you for sex and you're going to say yes because you don't want to seem like a prude. Like you cut, if you don't teach around how to have the conversation, like you're just going to go along with things and you probably don't want to go along with them, but you're like, this is the way things go. No, they don't have to go that way. But unless we tell you like, hey, you get to have a conversation with somebody that you may want to engage in sexual activity with about whether y'all want to do it and how y'all want to do it. Um, People are just going to be like, well, I saw it in a movie or like, this is how my parents were. Like dad came home and was like, hey, meet me in the bedroom. And mom just went like, even though she was tired, like, you know, we have to like talk about how to talk about it because we're just going off of what we see. And for most generations that are not Gen Z, what they've seen is terrible. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, and I'm sure this is something you think about a lot as someone who has come up in media, is like, you know, pre, I don't know when they started doing this, like maybe five years ago, maybe not even, having like uh, consent consultants on set of movies and like having sex educator folks um, consult in sex scenes and like um, sex workers, you know, uh, consulting in movies that are about sex workers and like all, you know, trans folks, um, um, you know, consulting and being on creative teams of when there is a trans when there's trans characters and trans stories being represented it's like all of this stuff like 
didn't happen until really recently. So it's like, not only is this media like really romanticized, eroticized, you know, fictionalized, but it's like, it's just also just giving so much misinformation because so much. It's just old white men um, mm-hmm. writing all this shit. <laughs> old yes. white men. Like, <laughs> Like, why Why are you writing about this? You don't know nothing. <laughs> oh, man. When men write women, I'm just like, it's so cringe. Oh, it's so cringe. Truly. It's just like, why? Why, why, why did you think? <laughs> what woman have you ever met that's like that? Please show, show her to me. Because, like, yes. you were so full of horseshit. Like, no. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting talking about, um, like, uh, a learning curve as far as... Um, like uh, um, uh, a um, series goes like the that series bonding did you do uh, yep uh, yeah did you watch that and do any talks oh about i did that? watch it yeah um because i was so excited i was like oh my goodness like How a mainstream like kink bdsm show and then the first season i was like what the no. fuck no and then i was happy though because in the second season they actually brought on like actual kinksters and like sex workers to really like consult and be like this is how this should go and i was like thank you because that first one was like um like a walking red flag and i was like um not again it's like not again like why yeah but isn't that cool though how in the second season like they they hired on like king noir which they they didn't they only they hired on sex educators but also sex educators that i knew of i was like hell right like I was like, like, I know them. King Roy Jasmine. I was like, fuck yes. Like, uh, just made me so happy. <laughs> Truly. Um, it was it was amazing. But like that's a good point. Like, because okay, so I just did um how to build a sex room and I've had so many <gasps> yeah, feelings about let's it. Talk about because that. I was like, this is another example of like y'all why the fuck? That was like my whole thing. I was just like fuming the entire time because first of all, I was like, one, you were in you brought a British person over to the US to <laughs> design like let's start there i'm like we all have different relationships with that i was like british people are known for like not displaying any emotion or anything i was like what what (laughs) like what um okay sure but i was like also they're just an interior designer they aren't a sex educator they are just an interior designer educators i was like okay and she just came out i literally from the first episode i was like okay no you were literally a walking red flag yourself the fact that you were just showing up to everyone's house and being like here's a flogger here's some type of bondage like go for it and like you take them for one demo and that's supposed to be enough. No, you should not be giving people floggers and being like, yeah, have fun. And at what point was anybody told like, here are the body parts that you can hit that you should hit. And these are ones that you absolutely avoid. So you don't put your partner in the hospital. Like there was no education, but it was like, here, let me give you all of these deadly items that if you don't know how to use them properly can seriously injure somebody. And I was like, who thought this was a good idea? Who literally was like, screw hiring somebody to consult on this. She knows how to make interior. She does interior design. People like sex. Let's just like combine that and have a grand old time. And it's so funny because I'm like, sure, it has its ups, like its positives. It's like it it mainstreams like the conversation around kink and Mm -hmm. BDSM. Yeah. But it forgets all the other important things. I was like, you are just telling people like go to the store, buy this stuff with no telling them like how to go about doing it. Also, she just like pushed people way past their boundaries. I feel like she pushed almost every couple way past their like actual boundaries and limits and she did not like she didn't pause at all she was just like oh this couple the one the one with the cop i know um she like took them in to see a a dominatrix like actually in session with somebody and like the man was 
like so visibly uncomfortable like it was just like Brutal. yeah i don't really have too much sympathy because he is a cop and like a cab but like <laughs> Um, no one should be forced to endure something like that without prior. I'm like, you can't spring that on somebody. That's something that you have a conversation about. And I was like, you can tell from their honest reactions. I was like, these people ain't paid actors. These are regular people. These are regular. These are true, authentic reactions to stuff. And you're just dragging them to go see a dominatrix in session. And then you're just forcing someone to actually like become a dominatrix with the uh one of like the last like three couples mm-hmm. um she like made the girl like dress up and like actually be a dominatrix and she was like yeah like you could see how visibly uncomfortable she was and i was like had she had a conversation with her she would have realized oh you're just a top you're not actually a dom like you just like topping in the bedroom yep. um but you are not a dominant um you don't want to and was, and also i was like you just went off with this like stereotypical idea of what a dom is i was like you can be a soft dom like there are ways to be a dom that aren't just like i'm gonna be so cruel to you and i'm just gonna like demean you like no Mm -hmm. you can be a dom that is so gentle and loving and your partner is just like wow i love you mistress and not like yes mistress you know also i was like that's not their relationship at all and had she like had the knowledge to understand anything truly and actually had to have a conversation with people to like find those things like it would have gone so much better but i was like you're not talking to anybody you're just like okay cool well let me show you some stuff in my bag and let's see how you react to it no yeah and it's interesting that like you know production was aware of how they would react to being thrust into certain haha thrust into certain (laughs) situations right like they had they knew that they were gonna get these uncomfortable reactions these kind Mm -hmm. of shocked reactions so production knew what they were doing you know what i mean in creating the reality tv parts of this and it's like it just really sucks to then to be aware of that that you're putting two people into potentially like completely new scenarios surrounding sex sexuality kink and all of that but then to not go the extra step of like giving them any support surrounding Mm -hmm. that is like just it's just such a failure like just dropping the ball and it could have it's such a cool premise for a show like right get a sex education educator in there to do all of that part with them that would have been a really fucking cool show where half of it is like designing this space the other half yeah. is is like custom creating their experience and talking about yes. you know all of the nuanced ways that they want you know to have sex in their space and like then creating a custom space surrounding that like that is a fucking awesome show right there right uh, and it's like wow again again that they just <laughs> You know, didn't have this intentional way of representing kink. And yeah, and also just the conversation of like, kink isn't the only way to like spice up your sex life. Like, also, thank you. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like, (laughs) everyone's not a gangster. Everyone. Truly. You know? Like, why can't we show people that are just vanilla in their sex and we're making it okay to be vanilla in your sex? Like, you don't have to make everybody get into role play. You don't have to make everybody be into bondage. Also, there were so many instances of kink shaming. I was like, how are you out here trying to make everybody kink certain and then you're like kink shaming? Like, the fact that like, um, 
she like had react she had visible reactions like when she was with the polyamorous family like she had a visible reaction when the couple was like oh no there's seven of us and she's like wait what like and it wasn't like a positive visceral reaction mm-hmm. um and then her little like contractor buddy like had a kink shamey reaction when like she was like oh yeah no there needs to be a drain for like um golden showers or like water play or whatever she said um and he had a reaction and i was like this is not what you should be showing like i don't want you showing people like oh my gosh ew um also let's talk about how she like engaged in like kinky activities in public when they were like bringing in the uh spanking bench in the first house and like it was in the yard and she's like legit being spanked in this neighborhood i'm like it'd be different had it been like a fully fenced like front yard and like no one can see in but like it was blatantly open Literally, kids could have been like outside public playing kink jump rope is or some so shit. So cringy. Literally, anytime so I cringy. see any sort of public kink media, whether it's porn or like whatever, I I'm just so scared because I I know that you know that they're not being intentional about it. Like, oh, no, I just oh, not I just, at all. I hate it. <laughs> like, I love I just like yeah. I, as a kink, I love uh, the idea of public kink, like discreet public kink. But yeah. like, I don't trust. I don't trust that people are doing the due diligence surrounding making this type of media with public kink stuff. Never, so so I just can't watch it then because I'm like, I can't guarantee that this is like ethical at all. So I just I'm gonna stay away. It sucks. Yeah, it's it's horrendous. <laughs> and I'm like, the fact that you, I was like, again, a red flag in this whole show is the fact that you were like, yeah, this is a great thing to do. Also, wow, the contractor's son is right there. Like, um, mm. who said that he wanted to see his father? in this like type of scenario ever in his life like to see him spank somebody also he literally said i don't know how mom's gonna feel about this like there's so much that goes into it and you were just like fuck it all this will be fun for tv spank me in public on this bench like why like why did what i would love to just talk to the producers and be like can i can i come here come here and just like pop you in the mouth and be like you're dumb as shit like you're dumb as shit Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And they have sexy themed events running all the time. Here's just a few as I'm scrolling through their Instagram, which is located at Club M4 Events. We have threesome Fridays. We have a sexy plus size play party. A night revolving around mini skirts. Naughty on a school night. Ooh, and a Bi Pleasure Wednesday night dedicated to all things oral. Well, if that doesn't get you excited enough, you can head on over to their website at clubm4.com to investigate even further. The club is located at 1989A Dundas Street East in Mississauga. You can come by and see what a club made for swingers by swingers is all about. 
it's just such such a colossal shame <laughs> like truly especially because i'm like you could still get those reactions without going about it the way they did i was like i can easily get reactions to people around stuff that's not in a way that like one makes people blatantly uncomfy or two like actually puts them in a situation where like they could compromise others or things of that nature like also how she was every time she went to like a vanilla store like when she went to go get like the leather to mm-hmm. make like the sex swing for the couple um and i forget she went somewhere else but she just like like i don't even walk in a space like and be like oh yeah i'm a sex educator like let's t- i'm gonna talk to you about all the stuff that you have not consented to having a conversation with me she just like went in and dumped everything on people and was like oh yeah i'm making a sex swing so you can <laughs> on do like the retail people and i was <laughs> the like ma'am yeah. they did not wait they didn't come into work that day and they were like you know what I'm really hoping that someone walks in and just divulges way too much information for about me, considering I don't know life. them. <laughs> that that yeah, isn't even like, the person. Like, also the couple. They aren't there. They aren't even there, and she's divulging all this personal stuff, like, about them. Like, oh, right? God. Like, it's just, it <laughs> makes, it was, it, I was literally like, this is so Oh, like that was so cringe. I was like, no. Also, I was like, you keep taking people to sex shops and just like showing them all this. I was, I was like, I've worked in sex shops, and I promise Same. you, I do not walk in and like immediately hand people like wands or like the like highest level, like most luxurious like vibrator. Like, no, no, you need to like learn what. Also, she didn't even ask people what they actually liked. Like, it was never like, okay, so you use sex toys. How do you like to use them? What do you like about them? Like, I, if you're gonna make a recommendation for a sex toy, like at least they are not cheap. Like, granted, Netflix paid for everything, so it like really didn't matter. But like, buy people toys that they would actually want to use after the fact. Like half the toys she like left for people, I was like, they're never gonna use that again ever yeah. ever in their life like you didn't ask them anything about how they like to be stimulated or like anything whatsoever nothing yeah. you just brought people expensive sex toys and you were like yeah and i'm like i would i would love that yes please show up to my house and buy me whatever i want at the sex shop please <laughs> please please but like people that don't use sex toys you can't just go and drop like freaking ginormous enjoy butt plugs and be like yeah baby you're gonna have so much fun also how many people did she buy fucking anal toys for? And no, never, never, <laughs> no never was there a conversation <laughs> about like how to even get into anal play. Like uh, never. It was just like, here you go, butt plugs. Are you just expect them to shove it in? Also, did you see any lube? I never saw them buy lube. any lube. Yeah, nobody nope. bought lube. Uh, and this, it's just no thought as to like what people are going to take away from this. Because like you and I who have worked in sex shops know there are people that come in looking to buy a gift for a partner mm-hmm. and you start asking them questions about like, okay, how do they like to be touched? Where do they like to be touched? And in what way? What are the, yep. you know, what are their favorite toys at home that they use? Like what are, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? What are their experiences surrounding this and that? And they just have no information and they just want to get you know whatever it's usually like a rabbit type toy like a dual stimulator like something that does everything (laughs) that almost is like the highest percentage of failure as far as like working on people's bodies um (laughs) so it's like what are we taking away from this show we're just you know educating people to go into stores and choose the the highest option drop $300 even though they don't even know what a vibrator feels like on their bodies and where they Mm -hmm. might want that vibration on their bodies it's like oh it's just yeah the impact of shows like this is just never considered and and it's not intentional right it's just that thing of reality tv make you know like like shock value type stuff right yeah 
Yeah. Which I'm like, you go get shock value in some other reality TV way, but not like in terms of like people's actual sex lives because you're putting people at risk. Also, every room she designed was pretty much the same. I was like, you yeah. aren't even creative. Like, this is all the same shit. Wallpaper. Like, gaudy fucking, like, rhinestoned fucking furniture. I was like, this is <laughs> disgusting. If I walked in here, I would instantly be like, I'm not having sex with you because it looks like this is from a 70s porno and this is just <laughs> gross. Like, why was everything, like, the freaking, like, fleur-de-lis, like, um, wallpaper design? Like, every single house had that. Like, the couple, the black couple who like, they were like, you saved our marriage, which like also we, oh, let me, we can get into that one. But, like that couple had it. Um, the couple where the girl used to be a stripper and she went like a Moulin Rouge room. Like yeah. they had it. Like she just like, the only one that I was like, the only two that were like actually like uniquely designed were the couple, the woman with alopecia and um, her boyfriend who proposed to her on the show. And then um, the couple that had been together like for 16 years, like they were high school sweethearts and they were on a farm and so she gave them like a very like farmy like they were like antlers and shit like those were yeah. the only two that I was like okay yeah these actually like look different and like meet these people's personalities um but everything else I was like you just copy and paste it in different colors and like what the fuck like yeah what not only like, was I she would not instantly... a sex educator she like not a good sex educator for the show she was just not even a really great designer for the show not a like... good designer at all I was like seriously also I'm like the first house she was like it's a rock and roll theme and when they did the reveal I was like nothing about this screams rock and roll at all like what what a white leather tufted couch says rock and roll to you like I'm sorry I've never seen a rock star with white leather tufted anything in their freaking house like no like it's like it's you country, just like, isn't it? yeah. <laughs> right I was like yeah. what is this like so annoying but also like the way she like I was like ma'am I'm gonna need you to check yourself because she started off with the first like black couple that showed up she instantly was like we need trauma porn and like had them divulge like intimate details about like they're like growing up and like the guy was like yeah it was like not the best like it was rough I was like why 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 are you digging why why are you having this conversation with them you're not a therapist like leave now it alone she's pretending to be a therapist yeah sex right? educator pretending to be and now she's <laughs> pretending to be a therapist good lord and then with the other black couple who were like our marriage like we haven't been having sex like blah 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 one when she walked in like to their house and she went up to their room like the fact that she like kept making those comments about how like chaotic and disastrous their room was right. I was like first of all you're a bitch because they have just said to you that they have three fucking kids they oh. have three fucking kids and she break. was like why doesn't their bedroom look like downstairs downstairs was beautiful it was pristine but their bedroom is just chaos they have three kids like we can tell that you don't have children i get that but you ain't got nieces or nephews you don't have anybody in your life you that has children you've never met and you don't kid. understand right <laughs> i was like parents do not have clean rooms real people don't have clean rooms all the time like we are human beings we go through ups and downs and half the time we don't want to clean shit because we have to deal with the fucking world on fire no one comes home and they're like you know what let me deep clean my bedroom and let's put away all the laundry be happy they washed their damn laundry i was like you got some damn nerve being some crusty old white woman walking into this black family's house being like oh my god oh my god chaos chaos how dare you how fucking dare you and then to be like, I'm going to save your marriage with this sex room. All you did was put a stripper pole in. You didn't, y'all didn't get to the root of the problem. You gave them a nice room. They still got kids. The reason they are not having sex is because they are parents. Yeah. They are parents. You get them a babysitter. How about that? <laughs> like, what the fuck? And buy them a hotel room for the night. How about that? 
Yeah, because I mean, that could have been, okay, say this was like our dream TV show with this premise. That could have been a really awesome episode, right? When we're talking about parents that, you know, have three kids and how do you keep this sex life, you know, happening? And like, what are the nuances? What are the challenges? What are the different ways we can you know, have sex and like all, you know, all of that conversation, like, you know, there's people with kids watching the show, like that would have been a really awesome episode to take away, again, with the impact, like, what am I taking away from watching this? It's like, oh, this could have been a fun episode, but like, also could have been inspirational in like, real life ways, stuff I can actually use like that, that would have could have been so cool. Seriously, honestly, I'm probably like, if there were probably parents that saw that episode and were like, well, I guess I'll never have a sex room because, like, I've got kids and, like, my life's in chaos. Like, wow. Thank you. Fuck you. You made me feel worse about the fact that, like, my room looks like a disaster. Like, what the fuck? I was just, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck my drag. It's so upsetting because I'm like, the show really could have been great because, honestly, like, if they would have done it right, they should have had it. It would have been a team, like, how queer I is. Like, it would have been multiple people. So you have, like, an actual sex educator who, like, knows toys. You have a dominatrix. You have a sex therapist who can actually, like, help you have the conversations. Um, And then you have your interior designer who's just like, yeah. One of the five. Yes. I, like, help help people design. Like, I'm an interior designer of dungeons, so I, like, know how to do sex rooms. Like, that's an interior designer you get. You don't just go get this fucking random-ass white woman from London no you go to dungeons and you're like hey I'm looking for whoever like designed this space like I would love to have them be a part of something like where can I find them and they're like oh actually it was me the dominatrix that actually designed the space because I understand like how you should actually lay out this equipment to use it in like the best way fucking possible like no you don't just go get a random person exactly yeah I'm a person who has used many dungeons so I know you know for this specific couple I'm like what do they want to use this dungeon for okay I know how how to achieve that and make it, you know, uh, catered to how they want to use this space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, they just missed the mark. And I'm just so sad because I'm like, really, though, they should have taken it from the perspective of like trying to do queer eye, but like for your sex life. Like, yeah. we're just here for people's sex lives. We're not here to like solve all your other life problems. Like, I don't care what your wardrobe looks like. I don't care how you dress. I'm here to talk about like the pleasure and the way you are engaging with your partner or in the sense of like the last woman, like how you're just like living your single life and enjoying yeah. it. Um, I will say that is the one good thing. I was like, they did have like a good diversity in terms of like relationship dynamics. Like, I'm happy that they ended up with like a single woman. Yeah. Um, they had a polyamorous like, yeah, no, representation. Yeah. They had they polyamorous. Had like, yep. Yeah. Yep. I was like, okay, that's that that's a plus. But I'm also like, that's like the bare minimum because like of the day and age we live in, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, we have to check the diversity box. Yeah. Um, and that's how people think that you get to that. But they really like the show could have been so cool like monumental like mountain moving so fucking good and instead it was utter shit steaming on a fucking paper plate not even like a fucking actual like acrylic plate or whatever the fuck it's a paper plate so the shit is just like seeping into the plate and it's getting soggy like that's how fucking shitty it was Agreed. Okay, let's talk about like positive, like sex positive media, kink positive media, sex work positive media. Let's talk about like either anything that you are aware of. Um, I love knowing that you're like, you've got a media background in this. That's why like we've directed the conversation this way because I'm like, oh my God, perfect. Let's talk about sex and media. You know what I mean? So like either, okay, what would you prefer to move on to? Either talking about like the sex media that you create 
and some of your favorite stuff that you've created? Um, or does something come to mind of like really great sex media that you've seen out in the world in like maybe a more mainstream way that people should, that you'd recommend for people to watch? Um, Sex Eyes of College Girls. Oh. That was like the first thing that popped in my head. And like, granted, like obviously it still has its flaws because it is like a mainstream TV show. But overall, the way it like addressed these different topics around sex and sexuality um, was so good. And it actually like showed stuff and had resolution that was good. And they're real life situations. Like it's about a group of college girls. Um, they all start at some like northeastern like university um and it's okay. four girls in a in like a dorm room um and so one of them is a closeted lesbian um the other one is uh like the epitome of like a nerdy college kid that comes to college and they like don't even know how to like they don't even know what to expect. They're just like, I'm smart. I got to work and like do all my stuff. Um, and of course they end up like finding somebody hot and they're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to have all the sex. Um, <laughs> you have a college athlete who ends up like in a little tryst with one of her coaches. Um, and then you have the like, the really like super sexual one um, as well. And so like really like delves into all these realistic things that pop up in college. Honestly, I was like, I've experienced yes. all of, all four of these women. I went through everything they did. Um, you had the one girl who like got to college and like found the hot guy and just like kept having so much fucking sex that it like distracted <laughs> from like school. And it was, she was just like, fuck, I didn't do any of the shit I was supposed to do. She tried to cheat on a test because she was fucking instead of studying. And I'm like, that's real. That's real. Like once you find that good dick, you're like, what do you mean study? What Screw you mean that. <laughs> Like, I had those semesters where I was like, am I going to pass? I don't know, because I went to the frat house the other night, and, well, you know what happens. And you know what happens there, yep. And, like, the conversations around um, the closeted lesbian, like, I feel like we're really real, especially in the sense of, like, why they felt like they were being closeted, which, like, I really, like, it resonated, because it's like, no, because as soon as you, like, publicly come out, that's your whole identity. Everybody's like, oh, you're just gay. And so I was like, this is a real conversation that people feel, like, why come out when that's all you're going to see me as? So I was like, yes, thank you for having that conversation. Thank you for yeah, really bringing that nuance. to the forefront. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um... And then you also had uh, the one, the athlete who was like actually hooking up with one of her coaches, um, which I'm like, this one is like such a, like a very in-depth conversation. And I definitely think they could have gone a lot of different ways with it. But I'm like, one, we need to talk about it from the perspective of grown ass men. Yes. Immediately trying to get with people who are 17, 18 years old. Like, like we should, we more publicly need to be talking about that because as all these alpha male podcasts are popping up, like it's like everyone's like, yeah, why would I want to go for a grown ass woman who I can be with an 18 year old? Like, why do you want to take advantage of somebody like that? Like, that's what it is. Like you're a predator and you want to take advantage of people. I'm like, we need to have that conversation. Like we need to bring it to the forefront because it's way too fucking common. Like it is yeah. way too fucking common. In all um, different communities. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Across the board. Um, in uh here in toronto like my uh my husband is part of the comedy community right and mm -hmm. like man man the comedy community um and i'm sure you could say that in like any any type of community you know what i mean that there yeah. are just uh people that teach comedy and they just prey upon their students that's it's a revolving door of young mm -hmm. you know young people coming in and uh, those uneven power dynamics. And it's just fucking brutal. Just brutal. But it's everywhere, right? And it's not... Yeah. Yeah. It, it's that thing of, like, 
how do we access, you know, education um, to the people that need it, which is like not, not, you know, not the 17, 18 year old girls, young, young adults coming up and telling them how to prevent being assaulted and being manipulated and being groomed and all of this stuff. It's like the, it's the guys. So like, yeah, uh, just why it's extra important that people like you are going into college scenarios and getting them at that age, you know, ideally they're getting that as young as possible too and growing up with it. Right. But like, yeah, it's those people that need to hear talk. You need, need to talk about all of that stuff, all consent and power dynamics and all this stuff, all this nuanced conversation surrounding like, now why would you be in a situation like that? Like, and what you <laughs> was a much healthier way of like going about your relationships like jesus get all yeah. the men therapists also <laughs> also um, that <laughs> <laughs> like that's a good start too um <laughs> yeah like please because they're taught by their their boomer fathers who mm-hmm. you know also needed therapy <laughs> like, yeah or they're like down the like andrew tate like pipeline on like social media and it's like fuck shit damn oh yeah we're screwed yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for that recommendation. I haven't watched that one yet, but I'm going to watch it. So yes, definitely watch it. I don't want to go too much longer without talking about your fabulous uh, presence on YouTube. You (laughs) pump out the videos. Holy content. (laughs) Holy shit. I was like, wow, there is like a video on everything. Congratulations. Like it's amazing. Can Thank we, you. Can I ask you like some of the ones, either your favorite topics that you've covered on there or like ones that you've gotten the most feedback surrounding, like the ones that have really connected with people the most? What are some of like those topics? Um, honestly, one of like the biggest ones was where I talked about like different types of relationships. So like, not mm. just like being monogamous, like or being polyamorous, but I also like talked about how like being single is a relationship status that is extremely valid. And the amount of people that were like, holy fucking shit, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because yes. yeah. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be in a relationship. I like being by my, I was like, and that's completely valid. Like, honestly, like that is a relationship status that we need to recognize and value just as much as people being in marriages or in polyamorous relationships or things of that nature like being single is a valid relationship and if you choose to be single like yes that's good I'm happy for you if you're happy I'm fucking ecstatic for you like do your fucking thing and also that single can look a lot of different ways you can be single and out here and just like keep a nice little roster and have people when you want to have them but like don't feel like you got to keep them around all the time or you could be single to the point that you're like I just like occasionally go on dates with people because I'm like I want company sometimes like it can look however you want it to look we we don't have to define things for other people um as that so that was one of my really big ones but mostly like a lot of the ones that people like really resonate with are obviously like ones that talk about like how like how to actually do sexual acts Mm. um because no one tells you no one tells you and unless you watch porn you really don't know like how to eat pussy well like how to eat ass well like no one tells you and then people go around and like fake orgasms and say you think you're good at shit and then it's like actually no you're garbage at this um so (laughs) i think those really resonate with people because they're like thank you for like actually showing me what i should do with my tongue or like how to use my fingers like that stuff does really well um What's at the root of um, some of those videos surrounding, like, how to do activities? Like, what is the root? What is the main takeaway from 
from those videos? I, uh, I would say the main takeaway one is anatomy, like actually understanding the mm. body that you're engaging with. Because yes. I'm like, you can think that you're awesome at it but if like as every tiktok video of people on the street asking will show if you don't actually know what the vulva is and all the different parts you're not doing anything good to the vulva like i promise you the sex you're having (laughs) with your partner is garbage it is straight in the trash can like horrendous and so actually like understanding anatomy is like the biggest takeaway because you're like oh I actually know that I can provide my partner pleasure because there's a vein that runs up the back of the penis that's like super sensitive or like how to stimulate the head of the penis or like I know that like the labia is actually sensitive and like the spot in between the urethra and the vaginal opening like understanding the anatomy is like the first step for people like oh wait holy shit, I didn't know I could do all these things that my partner would enjoy. Um, And then also the communication aspect, because I think also a lot of people are like, yeah, like, okay, I know these things now and it's going to be great and every partner is going to love it. No, you still have to communicate because not everyone is the same. Like, I promise you there's some shit that I'm like, if you do it to me in the bedroom, you're going to have me like weak in the knees, like quivering, crying in pleasure. (laughs) But if you did it to somebody else, you'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you have to communicate because we are all different. Like, just like I do not like tomatoes like cut up in like specific type of ways people (laughs) don't like sex in specific type of ways so you have to understand the individuality of it um and the only way to do that is to communicate unless you were charles xavier and you can read minds yep (laughs) not super common believe it or not (laughs) mind readers you know (laughs) yeah i love that because um yeah i think it's those i agree it's those two things in part right it's like asking the person what they like that whole um, you know, what are the most sensitive parts of their body, you know, and like sensitive good or sensitive bad? Like, so should I go towards it or go away from it? Because it's sensitive. Yeah. Like, all of these nuanced conversations. Um, and uh, yeah, to have that kind of anatomy um, understanding as a backup is like, uh, so good. Those two things in tandem will make great, <laughs> great sexual partners. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love this thing of you talking about different relationship dynamics and ta- uh, centering so specifically on folks who are single. Um, I try to do the same thing like when we talk about polyamory and have polyamorous conversations um, and like non-monogamous setups and stuff like that when we talk about like all the different setups that can happen it's like talking about relationship anarchy and talking about hierarchy but then something that's super super important is talking about solo polyam people yes yeah because that is just as valid a way to exist and date and relate to people and have sex as like any any other so I love that you're because I feel like I don't know I don't know percentages or anything I don't have the data on this but I feel like <laughs> lots of fucking people are single probably yes. more people are single than are in you know dynamics relationship dynamics with other people like yeah so yes please let's tell let's talk about how these folks can get the most out of their sex lives you know and the most out of dating and all of that stuff. Is there something specific that comes to mind when I say that about like some things for, for single folks? Like what are some ways that we can get the, I don't know. I'm asking you to do this kind of off the top, off (laughs) off the top of the cranium, but (laughs) what comes to mind when I say that of like, what are, what are some ways that single folks can get the most out of their sex lives? Like, actually taking the time to prioritize themselves. I feel like Mm. it's uh, very common that, like, when you're single, especially if you're single and all of your friends are in relationships, that your mindset changes and you think that 
chasing sex and pleasure has to be with the goal of attaching like a relationship it has to be attached to a relationship um and so like actions like shifting that frame of thought and being like hey like i'm gonna look for sexual relationships and like sexual activity with others as just that like a standalone instance that doesn't have to be like cool i guess we're gonna like text now all the fucking time and like we'll go out like once a week and like all this other stuff. like no look at it from the perspective of like i like being by myself but like also i like engaging in sexual activity with others so i'm gonna look for that and i'm gonna be upfront and honest about that um I think yeah, that's there doesn't like, have to be an end game. Thing. Yeah. 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 Like, don't put the pressure on it that it has to go somewhere. It don't have to go nowhere with the bedroom or yep. the back seat or wherever the hell you want it to happen. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to go to, like, the societal expectations of, oh, well, we were fuck buddies, so I guess we're going to try and be in a relationship with each other. No. Stay fuck buddies. If yeah. it works for you, if y'all are both happy with this arrangement, y'all are both walking away with your pleasure and your orgasms, and you're like, this was so damn good. Thank you. Here's your water bottle to go. Keep it up. <laughs> do, don't, don't complicate it with, like, what you think you're supposed to do. Like, if somebody tells you, like, wait, you're just, like, sitting with them, like, you don't do any... Yeah, that's exactly what I do. You got a problem with it? Like, yeah. that's you need to work on that because I'm happy. I am happy. So you work <laughs> on yourself and why you are so, like, bleh about it. But, like, don't put that on me. Like, do you and only you. Yeah. I like you're sleeping with other people. <laughs> yeah. I, I love this thing also um, that you brought up right, right at the beginning there where you're, like, taking time for yourself. Because it's, like, folks who are in relationships with people, you know, they take a significant time. Uh, you know, part of their life um, carved out for hanging out with their significant other or whatever, going mm-hmm. on dates or like, you know, staying in and, and doing this thing or like even, you know, uh, carving out time for sex, right? Like a really significant portion of their life is like going to be dedicated for um, uh, to be in the presence of another person, um, either romantically or sexually or whatever. It's like, okay, so if we're a single person, then like, let's carve out you know, a similar amount of time to be with ourselves, to go on solo dates, you know, if we want to do that, to have solo sex, if we want to do that, to, you know, hook up or like however we want to be in sexual or kink scenarios or whatever with other people, Um, you know, just be as, you know, be as intentional with our sex lives as a person that is partnered. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Also, like, I really, like, stress people, like, doing, like, solo dates. Even if you're in a relationship, like, solo dates are extremely important because, like, as we continue to progress through life, we change. And, like, we don't actively take the time to, like, get to know ourselves as we are changing. Solo dates allow that. Like, really go to a restaurant and sit by yourself. And, like, don't take your phone, like, bring your phone. But, like, don't be on your phone. Like, sit there and just, like enjoy the time by yourself see what you actually like of being with yourself that's not like scrolling tiktok but like take the time because you are a continuously changing individual and if you aren't taking the time to realize who you are as you are growing like other people aren't either so like take the time for you know who you are through and through as yourself not as somebody attached to somebody else or as somebody that meets the expectations of others in society like know you and just you alone yeah and i feel like 
people, again, people who are in partnerships, you know, you'll have like check-ins with your partner surrounding like, mm-hmm. okay, how are things going? Is it still, you know, are, you know, are there any assumptions we're making? Are there things that we could be doing more of? Like all of this stuff of like, okay, what has changed? Like, you know, we're kind of doing the same thing we always have. Is that still working for you? Stuff like that, right? It's like those yeah. check-ins can be happening for a per, uh, a single person as well with like, okay, um, you know, surrounding sex stuff or romantic stuff or like just like being connected with your own body, sensual stuff, as you mentioned, like, you know, t- try to take some time to get off that phone and really be in your body. Enjoy yes. that food. Enjoy the breeze. Like, take a look at the like whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever senses um, are making you are giving you pleasure, you know. Um, yes. And to like have, again, just like when you're partner, you have like, a, maybe you have scheduled check-ins with your partner or whatever, they happen more organically, but like to continue that practice, even when you're uh, not partnered is super important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love that. Okay. We are, we have been gab, gab, gabbing away. We <laughs> yeah. are going to wrap up really soon. Is there anything that we haven't talked about yet? I know we got on a tangent on one very specific topic for a while, but <laughs> is there anything that just you wanted to talk about at the end here just to kind of wrap things up? Or maybe we missed something that you really wanted to mention before we go. The only thing I think of is like, just like, Mm. if you're watching stuff, y'all just like take some time and be critical of it because like, Mm -hmm. we may not realize how deeply ingrained that messaging goes into us, but like, I promise you it does. So just like take some time, especially as we are getting into this like realm of like so much content being like, so not good. (laughs) Um, Like just take some time, please, please, please. Um, And don't think that like, just because it's in a movie or TV show that that's exactly how things should go. Because I promise you it's the exact opposite. It should not go anything like how it is in movies or TV shows unless it was written by, like, a sex educator. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Well said. And, like, the thing with media nowadays, right, it's, like, anyone can create media. So don't take Mm -hmm. it at face value of, like, what this is, what this person is saying is right. It's, like, because literally anyone can pick up their phone nowadays and make a TikTok and make a whatever. So it's, like, just be mindful about, like... You know, this person may not know what the book they're talking about. Like, you know. Yes. And it's not just people with their phones. As you said, it's people that invest millions of dollars into, like, movies and series and all of this stuff. Like, a lot of people put out media and they have no idea what they're doing with that topic. So just be aware. (laughs) Don't assume that they are experts, basically, right? Yes. Just because they have a camera. Okay, Jave DeBay, please tell us where we can look at your your mil- millions of YouTube videos, uh, <laughs> as well as like, you know, if you have uh, teaching stuff coming up, or you have a place where we can check in to make sure that we know when your next stuff is happening. Yeah, um... You can follow me on social media, um, Instagram and TikTok at Millennial Sexpert. Millennial has two L's and two N's. Um, and I also have a website, themillennialsexpert.com. Um, and if you sign up for my email newsletter on there, then you'll always know about my workshops. Um, but I will have a lot coming in like the last fall. quarter of the year. Yeah, fall, that's what it's called. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, starting September through December, I'm going to have so many different workshops. 
um, and classes and things of that nature. So if you want any of that, if you're like, I want to learn from you, Javay, because Netflix is bullshit. Like, give me your knowledge. <laughs> come to the classes. Come to the workshops. I got you. Um, and then, of course, uh, my YouTube channel, if you're just like, Javay, I don't want to see your face, like, if I don't have to. Like, just, like, teach me. Like, you can put YouTube on in the background. You can just search Javay Bay, um, and I should pop up. And you can just get all the sex ed from there. Um, the classes are a lot more fun. I do got to say, like, the classes are a damn good time. So maybe think about it. <laughs> <laughs> just consider it. That's all I'm saying. Awesome. Okay. So for me, folks, I'm the most active on Twitter at the Lady Pim One. But if you must go over it on Instagram, we are at the Bud Post Podcast or at the Lady Pim. We have a YouTube channel. It is the Bed Post Show. We have a Patreon. It is the Bed Post Show. Um, also, I got a new logo logo for the podcast so that should be happening Ooh. by the time this comes out so <laughs> check out all the new fun logo and banners that i've got on all my uh, uh podcast related stuff my husband matt mccready designed it for me so that's kind of cute right it's super cute it's super cute um i never like to go an episode without mentioning the lovely lady that does all the original music for the podcast she is stephanie copeland and you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com jave this has been so very amazing thank you so so much for your time today thank you for having me oh my god my absolute pleasure and i know it was the pleasure of everyone listening next week everyone will have another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality on the bedpost podcast get fucked everybody goodbye <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network 